Hello everyone and welcome to Designing the Future. I'm Jim Anderson, Multimedia Content Director here at Engineering.com. Today I'll be your host for a talk about the evolution of enterprise-wide software solutions for manufacturing. Joining me is Vincent Frerbeau, he's Cloud Sales Director for Dassault System. Vincent, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Vincent, the need for single solutions for manufacturing businesses, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, modern manufacturers, well, they, they all need software to control and optimize every aspect of their business from design to production you know, the, and even front office functions like payroll, accounting, purchasing. Now, many firms we know, they use individual packages for each function and many prefer integrated systems you know, that try and pull all these things together and maybe add PLM, ERP, CAD CAM, other things. Is there one solution that is optimal for all manufacturers in all industries? Well, it's, it's difficult to say. What's for sure is that there is a current trend to go to a platform kind of uh, integrated services. And uh, by moving step by step all those uh, individual tools to, to cloud, uh, this need for platform is, is coming in um, in order not to interact and integrate all of those tools one by one or one-to-one, -one, I would say. They prefer to have a holistic view and, and connect them to a backbone indeed, which can be a, called now a platform on cloud. And, um, and yes, the, I think that uh, this, uh, the, this need is clear. The, uh, the solution is probably not yet to cover all those aspects, that's for sure. Um, but uh, when I look at uh, some uh, startups starting from scratch, they, they really are in going in that direction of uh, finding tools who can connect to the same, the same platform. I mean, so within manufacturing enterprises, I come from the industry myself, from the automotive side. Uh, historically, uh, the companies are often, they are like silos, like individuals and uh, purchasing perhaps or accounting. Uh, um, they exist like a little island and, and they, they want software solutions that are optimized for them, but they, they don't talk very much with the others at this point. Is there an internal communication issue? Is it, is, can, it, can it be difficult to get everyone to basically agree for the same, the same strategy? Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 transform. If they want to innovate, they will have to stop doing that um, because they will have to get uh, all those people um, uh, collaborating together on on finding the way they want to innovate because they will have to innovate on their product, on their business model, on uh, their relationship with their consumers. Um, and and all the uh, the functions of the company will have to uh, to work together on that uh, innovation. So uh, for sure, it, it, and this is the idea indeed of uh, of uh, this platform aspect. And what cloud can bring is the fact that they can integrate more easily all those people in the in the discussion, in the threads, in the uh, in the innovation process. Uh, we talk about innovation and of course in manufacturing innovation is a given if you're Airbus for example because it, it is all about making a better airplane uh, each time. Is, does innovation mean the same thing to the other aspects of the business, the, the people in supply chain, the, the people doing uh, accounts payable or, or human resources? Is, it, is the ERP PLM thing, is that also innovative in the same way? It has to. Um, it, it has to uh, indeed uh, help the innovation, support the innovation, and, and those systems themselves, they have to, uh, to innovate in order to uh, be able to, to gather more people around the, uh, around the product, around the uh, company assets, 
because more and more you have to involve your consumers, your suppliers, your um, partners in, in your processes. So for sure, ERP and, and PLM systems are, are um, supporting the innovation process, uh, but, but themselves, they have to, uh, to, 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 to change in order to be capable of integrating all those people in, the, uh, in their processes. Vissam, many of our viewers are from the United States and small and medium-sized enterprises are the backbone of American manufacturing. 75% of manufacturing businesses in America have fewer than 25 employees. And many of those enterprises use legacy systems or ad hoc software that's a mixture of old and new, often from multiple vendors. Now, I know a lot of them would really prefer a single integrated system, but many are afraid that the cost and complexity is too much for a smaller manufacturer. Is that true? Well, the, the, it's legitimate. The, the fear is, is, is clear, but I think that uh, most of the software companies right now are considering by moving to, uh, to cloud that they should hide the complexity. And uh, the trend is clearly to see software as a commonality, as a commodity uh, for, for those companies. So it's, it's uh, um, the, all software companies are now proposing to SME companies the, the, the most advanced software um, for a subscription cost, which is including everything and uh, with uh, the capacity to enrich step-by-step, step, but have only what's useful for the end user. So um, we are providing, and it's true for us, for our competitors, we are, we are providing very advanced softwares that are used to build airplanes or, or, um, or automotives, but uh, that can be used to produce much simpler design um, and it's uh, the, the cost is all in one. So uh, there is no hidden cost. Um, it's a subscription. You know in advance what you're going to pay. So really the, the fact to move to cloud is uh, helping a lot uh, smaller business to adopt those very rich um, softwares, but at a lower cost and or at flexible cost, I would say, much more than lower cost and uh, for really the set of capabilities that each user needs. Vincent, today in manufacturing courses, all we hear is cloud, 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 and industry 4.0, you know, and, and also we hear about the industrial internet of things. And of course, we're remote work now in the age of COVID-19. You know, it means the ability to access data and control processes remotely is now, well, it's essential. It's the only way to work for many people. But con cloud connecting a whole enterprise, it feels like a huge task, basically, is it? How much of the, an enterprise should be cloud connected? Should every aspect of, of the business be connected immediately or is it something that should be rolled out step by step? I, I think in the, in the current context, indeed, you need to, uh, to consider moving uh, to the cloud, but uh, each company has to do it at its own pace. And uh, there's probably two aspects. You have the uh, critical data, critical asset of your company and you have um, everything related to uh, document management and, and, and the rest of the uh, asset of the company, and probably finding two, uh, two different ways to, uh, to, to move those data to cloud is, is the right approach. Um, and, and then, of course, it's, uh, uh, it has to be, a, uh, instead of a big bang, it has to be a step-by-step -step in order to ensure business continuity. So you cannot, uh, move everything at the same time to, to cloud and ensure the business continuity. So you have to find the, the, the right steps uh, to move progressively to cloud. 
and and um, I would say that uh, from what we have seen, uh, clearly the fact to uh, to move the product development to the cloud is as of today is critical, and it's probably one of the first steps to to be done in order to ensure during the lockdown periods to ensure the, the, the continuity in terms of innovation, if, in terms of creating new design, new products, new solutions uh, within the company. Yes, of course, uh, whenever we talk about cloud, whenever we talk about any connectivity, always the issue comes up of security. Uh, I, I remember once visiting, in fact, an Airbus helicopter plant where um, laptops, special secure laptops were used and connected by cable and they were locked in a box at the end of the day to, within a, a defined area to try and preserve IP and in some cases uh, materials that may be classified or have, have, have military purposes. The cloud feels like it's, it's like throwing it up in the air. It's, is security possible at levels acceptable for high users like Airbus or the military? There are still some challenges, uh, for sure. Uh, I think for sm small and medium uh, companies, there is no more this question of security because um, cloud providers offer higher standards and they are investing 10 times more than any company could invest in their own security of data. So uh, the only question is for indeed defense uh, or very, uh, very large companies with uh, products which are very sensitive. So uh, for those companies, usually they, they split the level of security of their data and they decide if they move some of those data to public cloud, some of those data to private cloud or, or, or in-house cloud or hybrid. So they segregate the data depending on the, uh, the level of security that they want to reach uh, on, on each data. And this is where indeed it's interesting to see how you can uh, connect uh, a public cloud with a private one because uh, you want at the end an end user to access all the data within the company. So uh, uh, this is the, the, the challenge that we are facing when addressing those large uh, customers. I mean, so when I started in, in manufacturing 25 years ago, uh, there was a form of connectivity, but it was based on a satellite channel owned by the major customers like General Motors and Ford. And there was a dish on the, on the, the, the roof of the factory, and it was possible for the big suppliers who were very wealthy to have a dedicated communications channel with the customer back and forth a sort of primitive version of the cloud, if you will. But it meant only the very biggest suppliers could afford this, so the smaller suppliers didn't. So there was, uh, there was a two-tiered structure of the very wealthy suppliers that could win big contracts and had an intimate communication system with the customer and everyone else. Cloud seems to me that it seems roughly equivalent in connectivity between the enterprise large and small. Is it possible that small firms can embrace this technology and use it to compete more equally with their bigger competitor? Yeah, completely. I think the uh, the cloud is uh, is changing the uh, the game and and the rules of the game um, when it comes to a supplier relationship. Uh, we have even seen uh, the opposite happening, where you have some suppliers investing first on cloud before it's even required by any uh, of their uh, customers, and 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 then they push their the um, the large companies to uh, to to subscribe as well to cloud if they wanted to work with them. Because uh, some of those new suppliers are very innovative. They are small, but they are very innovative thanks to the fact that they are using such technology, which is always uh, 
uh, updated and uh, always uh, uh, bringing new features to them. So they are very innovative. And, and uh, when, the, uh, when the, the Ford and the GM of the world want to work with them, they have to subscribe themselves uh, to, to the cloud to work with them. So this is what I, I call changing the, uh, the, the, the rules of the game. And, uh, and I've seen very innovative uh, small suppliers the, in the last uh, few months um, uh, bringing some uh, subsystems or some parts or products uh, really uh, in a new way with a different business model uh, to their uh, to their com customers. Um, so I think the the cloud is uh, is going to help, uh, and and we will see the uh, um, some of those new companies. Uh, uh, having direct relationship instead of being tier two suppliers. Vincent, I think of, of some firms, of course, who are at the beginning of this journey. So for them, that the slate is clean, so they can implement systems uh, from the beginning and, and build things logically. Some are more advanced and they have legacy systems in place. Uh, I've seen some systems that still use, you know, COBOL applications or written for mainframes and they're patching them and patching them and making them work, you know, with modern technology, but they feel they have a big investment already in existing software. So they're reluctant to make that move. Is, uh, is there a difference, do you see, between firms that are heavily embedded with older systems and firms that are not so advanced in terms of which one can advance into the cloud faster? What's for sure is that it's, it's a change of mindset because going, going to the cloud means as well that you decide to invest not on automation of your processes, but much more on the innovation regarding your product. So you focus much more on your product than on your the uh, the processes or automatic automation of some tasks that you may have done in the past. So you you move budget from one pocket to another one, from invest investment in your IT to an investment on your product. And I think that uh, at the end, it's uh, it's CXO, it's uh, CEO, CIO's decision to uh, and and their. Um, willingness to do this, uh, this uh, cultural change inside their company, which is to uh, really focus much more on, on what they, their, their vision, on their mission, on their product, than spending time and money and investment on their, their IT system. And um, the, the, the one who, our customer, among our customers, the one who progress really fast are the ones who, um, who have uh, taken the decision to stop the, uh, the development of their legacy system, really to focus on, uh, on their product much more. Is training a factor? I know that uh, uh, in many cases, in, in my experience, most software implementations, um, the time and cost of training personnel to use the new systems is not well considered. In many cases, it, uh, it comes as a surprise to the, to the end user at how much they have to prioritize training. Uh, do they think about training enough? Is training, how important is training in getting these systems up and running? I think training is uh, mandatory and it's indeed, uh, I agree with you, it's always, uh, 
not not well considered in the uh, in the in the plans uh, for adoption that uh, all all our customers are, are doing. Uh, it's essential to get the uh, the proper return on investment. That's reason number one. But it's as well essential because, as I said, um, going moving to cloud, you minimize the uh, customization, or and and so you have to learn something which is really out of the box, and probably you have to tweak a little bit your processes in order to uh, fully adopt the, uh, the the tool that you will uh, you will choose. So you need to have all your users fully onboarded and using the same uh, uh, the same capacity uh, so uh, training is essential uh, and i would say that it's it's a lack there's a lack of uh, online training uh, in most of the cases people think that uh, everybody everything will be as easy as getting an app on a smartphone uh, which is not true so uh, it, even if uh, the, uh, there's a huge effort from the software editors to uh, simplify, make it more intuitive, uh, there are still uh, a large need for trainings. I agree with you. In the future, is that will this technology change the kind of people that use these systems? Uh, historically, the designer, the engineer, for example, he worked with, with a pencil on a, on a, on a table and then he moved to CAD CAM systems. But the function of designing the part was the same. The technology improved. But now, and many corporations were seeing they're hiring data analysts or they're hiring coders, people that are not actually core to the purpose of making these things. Is cloud connectivity, um, industry for industrial internet of things, are we gonna create a new kind of engineer in the future, do you think, because of this? That's for sure. Um, I think that uh, by bringing everybody to work on the uh, on the product, by gathering much more data on the behavior of the product and on the behavior of the consumers of, of the product, um, we are going to generate new kind of jobs that probably don't exist today, and and uh, and um, these will appear um, by by going on. Uh, you mentioned the uh, data analyst, uh, but uh, uh, the uh, the people who are going to help to take appropriate decisions based on data, based on huge quantity of data, will be uh, will be essential. Um, and and step by step, uh, what we can see that uh, uh, you start to bring marketing people on the on the data. Uh, they are creating new assets. They have new ideas. Uh, by bringing uh, much more the, uh, the, the the producers of the data, the analysts uh, in terms of simulation, everybody has a uh, has a new idea to to change the uh, to change the design and reach it and prove it. Um, and and by working all together, um, we can see that the uh, even the, the the job of a designer of an engineer is changing. He has to take a new hack to integrate a little bit of simulation in everything he does. He has to bring a little bit of, uh, of uh, marketing to make uh, pictures of the ID uh, so that he can get uh, funding to make it happen. So the, uh, not only there will be new, um, new, new uh, job, new, new profiles, uh, but the, the, the existing ones are going to change so when making a major change to uh, an important structural aspect of a business, often uh, a company, a firm will ask a special team from the software vendor or sometimes even the software maker 
but sometimes also a third-party consultant, a specialist that they will hire to help with that transition at this point, which also can be expensive and, and complex. Is there one recommended way for that small and medium-sized firm to, to approach this? Should they always hire the consultant? Should they, uh, how should they deal with the, the, the people vending the software? I think, as I said, that the, uh, it's important to, uh, to make this transition to, uh, to cloud by, by analyzing the, uh, the business needs at first, because the, um, the reason to go cloud should not be an IT decision or should not be a cost-driven decision. It, it's really the, uh, uh, with the, uh, the, the target, the objective to uh, break the silos within the companies, to have to integrate much more the ecosystem, the consumers, the partners uh, to the uh, decision process or to the, the, the engineering process. Um, and and um, given that objective, it makes sense to have uh, at the early stages of the, uh, of the project, uh, a consulting uh, a service company helping to uh, take the most appropriate decision to identify the uh, priorities among all business needs um, and and uh, and decide where where to start and and how to be successful from the early stages of the of this project because it after if you if you start small you have quick win then you get user adoption you get the um, the CEO adoption and you can grow from there but uh, this work is essential at the beginning is there a lower limit to the size of enterprise that can benefit from, from cloud connectivity and software like this? Is there a, a five people, 10 people, a certain dollar volume? Is there, how small a business can take advantage of this? We have today many startups uh, who, are, who are embracing uh, our technologies and, and it's not only true for the system, all our competitors, they can see the same. There is. Uh, on a worldwide basis, a uh, very large trend for new companies, uh, uh, even with uh, only one person company, um, they do not want to take risk in investing uh, in a software. They do not want to buy things. They don't even want to buy a laptop. They want to rent it. So the rental model, the subscription model uh, is essential. And uh, of course, it's easier to rent something on cloud. Um, and they, they want as well to minimize the hardware cost. Um, they want to buy, they prefer to buy um, a tablet than to buy a laptop. So all the software have to be uh, web-based as much as possible. Um, so the, the, uh, really the, uh, the limit uh, in terms of uh, small size is, uh, is one person. You can start very small because uh, the, it brings already a real value for you. Vincent, final question. Uh, uh, Dassault, a, a global transnational firm, big, big creator of, of uh, some complex uh, enterprise-wide software solutions going back decades, of course, but, uh, back to the, the design side, the, the aviation industry. Uh, for a small firm that sees cloud connectivity and, and this advanced technology has an advantage, but doesn't know how to start, where do they begin? How can you start this process? It seems so complicated, almost difficult to know which is the first step. How, how, how should they start? Well, I, I would say that they should analyze first the, uh, their pains, their current, uh, their, their current business needs uh, before, before choosing how to, how to start. They, they have to analyze and, and we help them to do that as well. 
because portfolio of companies like Dassault System are, are huge. They could start from simulation aspect because they want to reduce the number of physical prototypes. They could start with manufacturing analysis because they want in, they want to uh, build their product with uh, abroad, or they could start with the design because they completely they want to change completely the design of their product. There are many areas where they could start. So the, the most important is to analyze the, the, the business needs, where they can progress, where their competitors are better than themselves. And, and, and as I said, the, uh, find a way internally to, to get everybody working together and stop those silos that you, you have mentioned um, in order to, uh, to, to get a common agreement on where to start. Um, and this... Uh, um, advices uh, are, are the one that we uh, that we deliver when we make the first assessment for all our customers um, because uh, we have today in our portfolio uh, uh, thousands of, of applications and uh, and it's important to find the right sweet spots where we can demonstrate the value that we bring to our customers. Vincent Frederbeau, Dassault System, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Designing the Future. See you again next time.